Welcome to Hope for Today, a weekly Bible teaching program that will bring you hope for every day. Thanks so much for joining us on Hope for Today. As you know, we are studying in the book of Exodus, but this is not the only book of the Bible we do teaching from. Here's a testimony from Macedonia. And at the time, we were airing our teaching from one of the Gospels. I listen to Radio 7 daily because it is different from all the other radio stations in our country. The music and the radio programs give me a lot of inner peace and have helped me practically with a few relationship problems. I want to thank you for the program, Heralds of Hope. I am a Russian Orthodox believer, and though I always had a Bible in my home, I never opened it. I always was told that only the priests can understand the Bible, and we do what we are told. Through the program, Heralds of Hope, I was encouraged to read the Bible myself for the first time. This radio program has helped me a lot to understand the Gospels. I like that the teacher studies every chapter of the Gospel. Nothing is left out. I never thought that the Gospels had so much teaching about everyday life. I have learned from the program how to forgive others, and since then, my relationships have improved greatly. Isn't this an amazing testimony? Notice how the listener was impacted when they read the Bible on their own. Have you had an experience like this with God's Word? I have, and those who are involved with Heralds of Hope have also experienced the life in this wonderful book. This is the life and hope we share with you. With that introduction, let's go with Bible teacher J. Mark Horst to the Old Testament book of Exodus. If you can, follow along in your Bible and get ready to see God and be changed by Him. Every religion of the world has certain forms or certain liturgy or certain rituals, certain ways that worshipers perform when they want to meet their God. Some religions have mandated times of prayer. At different times of the day, the adherents stop what they're doing and they pray. And then others have certain postures in prayer. Some fold their hands or kneel on the ground or bow very low. Some have special places for prayer, and they can only enter those places after cleansing certain parts of their bodies. Some go to temples, others to shrines, or other locations to offer their prayers. Now, some of these forms may be good, but they also may take the first place rather than God. When form becomes the most important part of something, worshipers forget that there must be more to religion than merely form, because if that's all it is, it is empty. Some worshipers have form, but they make no contact with the living God. It's just a matter of their going through the motions. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to be real to you in your spirit, in your heart, in your understanding, just like he was real to Moses and the people of Israel when they were there in the wilderness, and God dwelt in the tabernacle among them. In ancient days, it was also true that the how could be more important than the whom. So the true God came to Israel and told them how to pray so he would be able to be real to them. 
Exodus chapter 30 verses 1 to 10 tell us how Moses received instructions from God for the altar of prayer. And as we meditate on this portion of scripture, we will find some beautiful insights on prayer as worship. So listen now as I read Exodus chapter 30 and verses 1 through 10. And you shall make an altar to burn incense upon. Of acacia wood you shall make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same. And you shall overlay it with pure gold, the top of it, and the sides of it round about, and the horns of it. And you shall make unto it a crown of gold round about. And two golden rings you shall make, and put them under the crown of it, by the two corners thereof. Upon the two sides of it you shall make it, and they shall be for places for the staves, so the altar can be carried. And you shall make the staves of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. And you shall put it, that is the altar, before the veil, that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. And Aaron shall burn on this altar sweet incense every morning. When he dresses or trims the lamps, he shall burn incense upon this altar. And when Aaron lights the lamps in the evening, he shall burn incense upon this altar, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offerings thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of this altar once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in a year he shall make an atonement upon it throughout your generations, because it is most holy unto the Lord. In these verses are set forth several specifics which defined the altar of prayer for the ancient people of Israel. Here it's called the altar of incense. The first specific that I see is the production of the altar. The materials for this altar were accurately described. They were to make it of acacia wood, and that was the main kind of wood that was available to them there in the Sinai Peninsula at that time. But in any case, God made it clear that it was to be made of a specific kind of wood and then it was to be overlaid with pure gold. God was very specific about this altar of incense. The material was carefully described. The shape was carefully designed. It was to be a cubit, or about one and a half meters square, as long as it was broad. It was to be two cubits, or one meter high, and the horns on it were made of the same material. So God was specific about the production of the altar. And then he said that there were golden rings to be fastened to the corners so that it could be carried with staves or poles. And those staves were made of the same kind of wood, casia wood, and then they were overlaid with gold also. This altar, as you can see from reading, was meant to be movable. The altar of incense was made so that it could be carried wherever they took the tabernacle. I see something beautiful here. Everyone needs a place where they can pray, and for the people of Israel, it was this altar of incense. 
It was made of wood and gold. It was made square, and it was made to be movable. So it would be available to them no matter where they went. And you know, prayer works the same way for us today. We can pray and meet with God no matter where we are. Recently, I spent some time in the woods, in the forest, and I had time to think and to pray, to talk to God. My wife and I have our daily family prayers in the morning along with a cup of coffee, and we have a specific place for prayer in our home and in our schedule. It seems only right after these many years that we continue to have this altar of prayer. And then the next specific is the position of the altar. So we have the production of the altar, and now we have the position of the altar. This was where it was to be placed. Moses was instructed that the altar should be put in front of the veil, that is, the veil that divided the tabernacle into two parts. If you remember, the first part was the holy place, and then the second part was the most holy place. And they were separated by this curtain or this veil. This altar of incense, representing prayer, was to be near the veil in the holy place. It was near the Ark of the Testimony, which was close by, just on the other side of the veil, in the most holy place. Now we know that the mercy seat covered the Ark of the Testimony. The two tablets of stone, on which was written the divine law of God, were in that Ark. The altar of incense, representing the prayers of God's people, was to be placed near this Ark of the Testimony. The mercy seat was the meeting place between God and man. That's what God had specified. So this altar of incense and prayer was to be placed close to the Ark of the Testimony, as near as possible, and yet it was separated by the veil which divided the tabernacle. So God had a specific position for the altar of incense. It was near his word, the divine revelation, on those tablets of the law. And I believe that everyone in our time of prayer needs to include God's word. We can actually take portions of God's word and pray them back to him. It is a working principle in our lives as followers of Christ. We should always season our prayers with God's word. And then there's a final specific in this altar of prayer. It's the purpose of the altar. So we have the production or the materials it was made of, and then the position where it was to be placed. This is the purpose. What's the reason for it? God instructed Moses that Aaron should burn sweet incense on that altar every morning and every evening. So there was to be a regular time for burning incense on this altar. In fact, God said it was to be a never-ending burning of incense before the Lord throughout their generations. The word that's used is perpetual, never-ending. There was to be a regularity about their worship. It was not just to be occasional, nor was it to be offered haphazardly. There was to be incense burning continually on this altar the sweet fragrance of the incense rising up to God, representing the prayers of God's people. And then there was also to be a specific kind of incense. God gave them the recipe of ingredients that they were to use. No strange incense, no offering of any other kind was to be brought to this particular altar. God is specific about what he says. So he said this altar was to be reserved only for the burning of incense and that incense had to be of a proper kind, and that that incense should be burnt regularly 
and it would be a never-ending offering. I believe everyone needs a regular time of prayer, just like this incense burning every morning and every evening. My wife and I have our regular prayer times. Besides those morning prayers, we have prayer at every meal. It's only proper that you and I should thank the Lord for the food that He provides for us. So let's learn lessons we can from the experiences of ancient Israel. Sometimes these things seem so far in the past we wonder, what's the value? But God gave them instruction regarding this altar of incense, and I have found several lessons here. One, we need a specific prayer time, and we need to be present at that specific time and place. It is a good discipline. It is a good habit. And then we need to be near God's Word so we can anchor our prayers into Scripture. We can quote the promises of God as we pray for each other. And we need a regular and perpetual time for prayer. I get all of this from the altar of incense that God gave to Israel. There was the production, the position, and the purpose of this altar. God gave them this altar of incense to cultivate worship that was real. So I ask you, is God real in your times of worship? God desires the pleasure of your wholehearted worship. Thanks, J. Mark, for this teaching on prayer and the encouragement for us to have a regular time and place for our prayer time. If you have questions or if you'd like a copy of today's teaching, here is how you can contact us. The best way is email. Our email address is hope at heraldsofhope.org. If you don't have email, you could write to us. Our address is Hope for Today, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, 15533. Or you can connect with us on our website. Our website is heraldsofhope.org. Again, the website is heraldsofhope.org. Thank you so much for being with us. We look forward to next week and hope you will join us for more Lessons from Exodus. Go now in grace and peace.